Tonight, we discuss automation and why the dirty robots are coming to take our jobs. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about automation and for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, because that's the thing that we do now, you can listen to us as a podcast on Google, iTunes, and what is it, Spotify. So check that out if you haven't already. Uh, my producer Liam is here. How you doing? Hello. Yeah. I'm doing okay. Thank you. Okay, yeah. good. It's important that we... I just wanted to let you guys know, if you're listening and can't see him, that he is joining me today. So for the past few decades, we've seen this trend towards automation. And what that means is that when it comes to manual labor, things people do with their hands, we've seen increasingly those types of jobs are being replaced by machinery. And I think this started in industries like auto manufacturing. And now it's actually gotten to a point where we're seeing it in things like uh, cashiers when you're checking out. Now that's done by automation and even McDonald's. You have those little kiosk things where you order yourself, you don't need to go up to a cashier. But now because of recent developments in AI, that is artificial intelligence, we're seeing a whole new wave of jobs being opened up into being replaced by machinery. This ad, I guess you could call it an ad from Walmart, just came out a few days ago. When it comes to retail technology, we're pushing the boundaries of what is possible through robotics and AI. That's why we're excited about new shelf scanning technology we're testing in a small number of stores across the U.S. It simplifies routine work by using data and vision technology to find items that are out of stock, missed price changes, and missing labels. This helps our associates see where they can make the biggest difference for our customers. It also helps locate items and checks inventory levels on the shelf, broadening the assortment available to online grocery pickup customers and assisting our personal shoppers in filling orders. At Walmart, we're using technology to focus on tasks that are repeatable, predictable, and manual, freeing up associates to spend more time doing what they do best, serving you. When we combine the passion of our people with the power of technology, the possibilities are endless. All right, so now not only are they apparently able to replace people like cashiers, but they're also looking at replacing, uh, I guess, people who check the stocks and things like that to make sure everything is in the right place, everything is marked correctly in terms of price. Uh, we've also seen that Amazon has opened up these stores called Amazon Go in places like Seattle, I think is where they started, where there are no staff really on hand at all. They have tons of cameras in the store that monitor what you take and you have an app, and essentially it's a staffless store. People can just pick up stuff and go. They call it Amazon Go, clever, clever marketing. Um, but the question now is, how is this going to affect the economy as a whole, right? Because, I mean, technological innovations kind of reducing manual labor, that's been around for a while, right? I mean, we don't have individuals plowing fields and stuff. That's all automated. And, you know, for the longest time, it's been the idea that, oh, you know, those jobs may be lost, but there's going to be more jobs in different sectors to replace them. Some people say now because we're dealing with AI that's not only replacing just physical skills but also I guess some of the mental component that it may be different. We may not see those gains in other sectors like we did previously. I think that's up for debate but what isn't debatable is the fact that low-skilled labor yep. is is going to be replaceable and that's something that we're going to need to deal with. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the, the reality is that even some of the higher skilled stuff like lawyers are one of the ones that are under threat right now too. I think but I'm okay mostly... with that. I think, uh, I think a lot of people are okay with the lawyers being replaced. Right. I mean, right now as AI currently is, the way it functions is it's, it's data driven. So basically any job that's creative is not really necessarily going to be threatened in that way. But everything... So you and I are safe is what you're saying. 
I mean, you're safe. I'm not particularly creative. So. <laughs> but um, uh, I think that basically all, a lot of the lower skilled stuff, yeah, is definitely under threat. Anything that has a high degree of repetition, um, mm-hmm. stuff that has very strict rules that you follow in your job. Right, so like the cashiers, like the stock cashiers. people. I mean, factories have been automated for right. a long time. You normally have people operating machines now a lot of the time, but they're taking these things really to the next level now. Mm-hmm. And I think what's kind of compounded this push toward automation is that we've simultaneously be, been seeing these pushes for higher minimum wages. Right now, before, I mean, it's we've been capable of automating a lot of the G- these jobs for quite a while, right? I mean, the kiosk thing at McDonald's, that could have been done a long time ago. But what I think has really hastened the push for that is the fact that the people who would be doing those jobs are now more expensive than they used to be, which is interesting because it's not like they're, the value of their skills that they would bring to the table has gotten gotten larger we now have this normative debate when it comes to what we should pay people that it's it's not just oh what is your labor worth how much value does your labor provide to this company it's what should you be able to live off of while doing this job which is really not something we've seen in the market before it's kind of kind of goes against what economists uh, would teach you to think about when looking at your costs right so a lot of these jobs that traditionally were just entry level, you're supposed to move up or you're supposed to be doing them when you have no skills, no experience when you're a student. We now have people who they, they, they just stay at that bracket for their entire lives. So now yeah. we're asking, how can they afford a house, a family, blah, 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 blah. So we need to pay them more. Um, that sounds nice in theory, but when it costs $15 an hour to pay a cashier who might only be, be bringing in you know $30 of revenue, let's say if it's slow, and then the upfront costs for a kiosk, yeah, they're more, but in terms of keeping them going, it's it's essentially right. zero costs or very little. Yeah, companies are going to go toward that faster. That's why I think a lot of this this push for higher minimum wage, they're hurting the people they mean to be helping. Yeah, I mean, of course, if, if you have a high minimum wage, you're only going to incentivize large companies like McDonald's and the rest of them to research, do the R&D required to get this AI stuff on the field a lot faster. Another industry that's under major threat for a very similar reason is the truck driving industry, right? Right. That's going to be within the The self-driving cars are being really pushed. Yeah, and I mean... They're not there yet, as we've seen. No, they're seen definitely from not there the yet. Crashes, but and one of the way, reasons why they're not there yet, which is kind of funny, is is the fact that government is so inefficient that something as simple as painting the lines on the road is just too difficult for them to do. So AI has trouble. But, uh, <laughs> we're, we're lucky that government is so inefficient in that domain, in the mm-hmm. sense of if you want truck drivers to have jobs, which is a huge market of employment. You know, right, I think it's one of the most that. common single jobs in the United States. And what I find, I don't know if this is getting like kind of tinfoil haddish, but I think when it comes to these progressive tech companies, uh, you know, places like Facebook, Apple, Google, they're always very for higher minimum wages. And I think like, frankly, higher minimum wages for them are good because it places more reliance on the tech industry because it's kind of your, your uh, I guess, out-competing actual labor. So, I mean, those companies, of course, they're going to love higher minimum wages because it's pushing people to buy their tech products so they can get rid of more and more people. But I did like how the, the Walmart ad, it kind of shows all the workers like, no, yeah, we're automating, but it's yeah. so our associates can just spend more time with you, the customers. I want to up your tinfoil hat game and then throw in with the fact that not only do they have these kinds of um, things where now you rely on their technology, but they also support huge welfare states and are monopolizing at a massive rate that if you really want to go full out Jones <laughs> level you could say that they're setting themselves out to be the, the kings of of the new world right you know, yeah right? Ret- is, return to your prime abode prime right, citizen. <laughs> exactly so that, that's that's the next level but yeah definitely you see like in that walmart ad where the employees seem happy but the reality is that walmart's interested in that machine because it's going to replace 
10 employees or, mm-hmm. or you know whatever that number is it's going to be cost efficient for them and i think what this means is that obviously we can't stop automation like it's coming mm-hmm. we're going to need to deal with it our economies in the west we're going to need to adapt to the fact that those jobs that require either no skills or fewer skills that are very reliant on manual labor we're going to need to shift right there's going to be need to either be a greater emphasis on things like stem uh, sector that is still growing trades for now in a lot of places still very much in demand but uh, you know the days of being able to when you're a kid have that dream to be let's say a truck driver and then you go grow up and that job is still there that's looking less and less likely uh we, we can't ignore that so i think the i don't know if this is something the state can do but at least individuals maybe institutions of higher education they need to be really direct when it comes to educating these students about what job opportunities will likely be available to them because it's going to be a heck of a lot different than it was for our parents or our grandparents yeah so on the note of education i mean one of the important things is having a skill that one is is useful in many industries as well as being able to learn quickly because we see that a lot of these industries are changing so rapidly that even our predictions of yesterday might not be true in five to ten years 15 years whatever ends up being which is kind of hard because i mean if you watch a lot of jordan peterson you might be aware that being able to learn things new quickly just conceptually isn't necessarily something you can teach some people exactly, have yeah. a better affinity for it than other people and it's it's sort of ingrained in us actually that's mm-hmm. essentially what iq tests is our ability to recognize patterns and learn learn new things um part of that is environmental but i think studies are showing that the largest part of that is genetics so i mean that's that's an uncomfortable conversation to be Definitely, having yeah. but i i think we are at a point where it's we, we have to look at all of so at least some of this labor and say, what are we going to do with you? Because there's, it's very likely that there will not be uh, jobs available for those people. And on that note, I also want to bring in the issue of immigration, because that's something that cannot be ignored when we're looking at the economy and the job market. Um, now, I'm not anti-immigrant. If you've been watching this show, you know that I want the best and brightest. I'm a, I guess I'm a little bit selfish that way, right? I mean, it'd be great if those people would be helping their countries develop, but no, I, I want the best and brightest over here. But what what the left often talks about when, when they refer to immigration is large-scale mass immigration from developing countries where you know, people aren't necessarily bringing over the best and brightest. Donald Trump got a lot of flack when he said that, but no, it's it's true. Mm. Especially when we're looking at who's coming to the United States or Europe right now, they, you know, they're not bringing a lot of skills for the most part. They may not even, uh, you know, have high school from their own countries, let alone standards that would be accepted in the West. Uh, what this means for the job market is not only are we in a position where there are fewer jobs available for native-born people or naturalized people who have lower skills, but we're also importing large amounts of low-skilled labor. Which is probably a huge reason why the wages have stagnated for the lower class for quite a while. Right. And it's it's frustrating to me because when you listen to the left talk about, um, you know, stagnating wages and the lower class, they're, they're kind of painting themselves as these working class heroes. Yet at the same time, they're importing large amounts of labor to compete with the most vulnerable people in our economies, right? I mean, if you actually care, uh, you know, about the person who's working nine to five minimum wage, what you don't want to do is bring someone over who has the same amount of skills, uh, you know, perhaps not very many, but is willing to do the same job for even less. And like you said, that is a huge reason why we've seen stagnating wages yeah. for people who are uh, less skilled, who maybe don't have advanced degrees. And the response that I've heard people say to this when I mention, hey, are the people we're bringing in skilled? Who are they going to compete with? Um, there's this idea that, well, we can just educate them. Right. I mean, like everyone can you, you just mm-hmm. you t- just teach them. They'll be the engineers of tomorrow. OK, a. 
uh, that costs money, right? We, the US, the West in general, we're having trouble educating our own people, uh, let alone bringing in more who aren't going to be at, at that point in time, definitely not paying into the system, just taking out of it. So that's the first thing to worry about is the cost. The second thing is that assumes that anyone can be taught to do anything. Yeah, not everybody's going to be a computer programmer. No. Not everybody's going to be, you know, there's a, a certain bar that you can't expect someone that has an IQ of 93, for example, to do. You right. Know? And, and then they're not very complex tasks. So we know that those tasks that they can do are the first ones that are going to be replaced by... Right. And this, again, this is an uncomfortable conversation to have. But if you listen to what Jordan Peterson says, this is actually pretty, it's one of the, I guess, most well-developed fields within psychology, the yeah. issue of intelligence. Um, not everybody can be trained to become the next Zuckerberg or, uh, you know, the next, I guess, Bill Gates, who's capable of all this intense computer programming. We do need to take that into consideration. Of course, when we're talking about countries, these are just averages. And if there's, a, you know, exceptional people from any country, I say we take them, right? There, there are geniuses everywhere. Uh, but yeah, if we're just talking about unfiltered mass immigration, this is absolutely something that we need to think about. Yeah. And I think you really have that three-pronged assault of you have automation on the way, the, the the demographics that we're talking about are going to compete for low wages, and right. then you have a huge welfare state, right? So It's almost like the perfect storm of just bankruptcy and inefficiency. Exactly. So then that brings us to how do we address this problem? Um, like I said, we're not going to stop automation. It's here, it's coming. But at the very least, what we can do is stop importing people who would do jobs that we no longer have Absolutely. positions for, right? That's, I think, the first thing we can do. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's so basic, right? If, if there's this overabundance of labor, then the wages are going to go down for those people. If we want, I'm not even for a higher minimum wage federally mandated, but if we do want the people who are, are working these lower skilled jobs to have a better shot, to have, I guess, more income for their families, we need, we need to make them more competitive by essentially cutting off the it seems now unending supply of people who are able to perform those jobs. Um, yes, I guess it means that in theory, uh, prices might go up a little bit, but if, if we're talking about either a little bit higher prices or a state with massive unemployment in addition to a welfare system that's just bleeding money, um, yeah, I would rather prices go up a little bit because those jobs are, are more competitive, right? Because if we've seen something historically, it's that high unemployment and people who feel disenfranchised, marginalized, they can't feed themselves, they can't work. That's not resulted in very stable countries. It's no, actually something you want to avoid, definitely. Number one cause for civil unrest, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, this is obviously a very broad topic. I mean, we've had people like Elon Musk weigh in on this. I think Sam Harris has as well. I don't pretend to have all of the answers. This is just what I guess we've been thinking about lately. But if you guys have any thoughts on this, what we can do, what we should be doing, are evil robots going to be taking our jobs? As always, we would love to have you join in on this conversation. But that's all for us. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.